Hi there, and welcome to the Third Impact Anime Podcast, where we talk about anime, video games, and conventions, with a healthy amount of existential dread mixed in. You can find out more about our podcast by following us on Twitter, at T-I underscore anime. Or just like us on Facebook to not see our posts, because that's just how it is now. Thanks again for stopping by, and enjoy the show! and welcome to another hopefully decent episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. Uh, I'm Austin here, uh, hosting this um, motley crew of folks that I've got here with me. Uh, We'll start off with... uh, Who do I have with me? I've got Tori right here beside me in the flesh. How's it going, Tori? I'm good. Wait, are you, like, physically touching her? Um, Not... I mean, I am now. I'm not now. (laughs) Wow, that's impressive. I didn't know that the internet was capable of such amazing things. What a time we live in. <laughs> I would boop you, Ryan, but you're you're through the through the uh, internet cord. So how how are you doing? Friendo? I am sleepy, but also good. I nice. had a long day of work, and then decided it was a good idea to rock climb, which wasn't a good idea. My arms are bricks. So you climbed with rocks. I climbed with my hands on rocks. Yes, and made the bricks barely. Are... Yeah, and I made my arms into bricks, which apparently I'm an alchemist now, so. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Tobias, how are you doing, friend? I'm doing pretty well. Likewise sleepy, likewise tired, likewise bricks. <laughs> <laughs> well done. And Marissa, how's it going? Um, also tired and wanting to just fall over. We have dinosaurs at the museum, so... Uh... Everyone wants to come see them. Are dinosaurs also bricks? Uh, ancient bricks. Ancient bricks. We we have uh we have fossilized dinosaur poop that kind of looks like a really pretty marble brick thing. So the the count. ancient magus brick. Yes, <laughs> the ancient magus brick. <laughs> dinosaurs are now anime. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this evening on this episode, uh, we're uh, all of us recently um, last weekend or the weekend before last. What? Wait, was it last weekend? Um, We all went to last. uh, Gotcha. Yeah, we went to uh, our home con, uh, the big one in North Carolina, which is Animazement. And uh, I talked about that very briefly in the uh, last episode, uh, which was my interview with JP Yates actually at Animazement. And uh, that was a lot of fun, and you guys should go back and listen to that if you have not. Um, but we're just going to sort of break down the con and uh, talk about the the uh, the good parts and the bad parts and the meh parts and the uh, fun stuff and the boring stuff and everything in between. So I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll start out with uh, just talking about like the con in general. Um, I know most of us have been going to Animazement for 
a very long time. Uh, in fact, one of our earliest episodes on this podcast was talking about Animazement 2017, uh, where we broke down uh, our thoughts on that particular year, uh, which there were there were a lot of thoughts that came out out of that one, not necessarily by us, but from the general uh, convention going uh, attendees and the the zeitgeist was a little bit weird after uh, after Animazement 2017, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about how at least we perceived the manifestation of that um, this time around. And um, I did notice that they they did put out their official numbers, and they they were smaller than last year, definitely. Oh yeah, totally. I think you could tell just say... by walking around. You could, but I mean, I didn't want to make that assumption because that's definitely not like data bound so i wanted to wait even though it did feel like that for sure you're right um but i want to say that 2017 was like 14,000, and this year was like was it 12 12 000? that sounds about right when you and i were researching i think last night right something like that yeah. i think it was 12,000. somebody correct me if i'm wrong but yeah i was gonna say speaking of low, like, low expectations how about that solo movie anybody see I it? it i liked it <laughs> i know yeah. I forgot yeah. to see it yet. I have. I, I it's seen it's it yet. good. I mean, right. I didn't. I didn't have high expectations, so I was pleasantly surprised by it. God, if That's if bad. you haven't seen it, then I can't talk about why I was blown away. Mm. Sounds like there, there's some thoughts, and I'm glad you guys are generally positive because the zeitgeist around that one has been generally meh. Mm-hmm. That yeah, no, like I had very low expectations for that movie just because of all the bad press it was getting. Like. Yeah in general, like, in just the general internet bubble. And they were saying that they had to hire an acting coach for the guy, and I was like, oh, that sounds terrible, but I love Donald Glover, so I'm gonna go see this anyways. Yeah. And I was him. really... Yeah, I did. I literally did. And I was really glad I did, because the movie actually turned out to be really good. And that's relevant to Animazement, because it came out on the Friday of, I guess. Yeah. yeah um, um. So I guess we'll great. just break down, like, what specifically we did at Animazement, and then we'll talk about some of the other stuff and uh most of what we do at cons these days is uh buy things and panel so uh tobias do you want to break down because you did the most of it uh do you want to break down the panel stuff that you did at animazement this year yeah so uh i went in friday morning my first panel and i ended sunday evening with the last panel that was there that pretty wow. much ex- that pretty much explains my weekend in a nutshell uh, I did a total of something like 10 hours, I think, all said and done. Uh, jumping in, I was the, the, you ended with the uh, how to panel panel or you know how to build a better panelist with the actual panel stuff. They invited me on to do that. So could you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I know that uh, the three of us, uh, Tobias, Ryan, and myself, we all went to that panel as just like audience members last year. And then the panel staff asked you to be a contributor to that panel this year. So how did that go? I think uh, last year was a little more friendly because we kind of sat around afterward and had that big conversation afterward with the panel staff and you yeah. know, amongst ourselves. It was a little more cut and dry this year. Uh, Ryan and Marissa were in the audience. Yeah, they definitely. Vouch that it just, uh, we had a lot of content. I think we were all kind of tired. We were going through it. It really could have been a two-hour panel, to be honest. Uh, but we didn't really get enough time to talk to people individually afterward. I talked to one guy that uh, you had had some questions about, you know, AV stuff that he was trying to do for his own presentations. But it really wasn't the cool roundtable that we had last year, unfortunately. Yeah. How was the turnout we, we definitely, in the crowd? 
Uh, I think probably a little less than last year, maybe. Uh, Decent enough for, like, panelists, because you're not going to go if you don't panel, obviously. But, like, that's yeah. true. They that's didn't... very much a, uh, like a self-serving sort of, like, like oh, yeah. the whole Gundam panel principle. Like, the only people that go to a Gundam panel are Gundam fans, so. Right. The, um... The only thing about it, like, it was well done, and they had a PowerPoint this year, so they weren't just, like, listing off random things, like, oh, yeah, do this too, maybe. Um, it was a lot more organized, but we really didn't get anything out of it this year because we already knew, like, everything they told us. So, yeah, it was, it was very much their presentation from last year with some elements that I, I threw over, a couple little tips and tricks that I put in my own art paneling panel. So, yeah, it was very much, it was very similar to what it was last year. Do any of those tips and tricks include show Daikon Four? Uh, I mean, there wasn't a ba- it wasn't a panel about how to give a Gynax panel, <laughs> but I did. We did mention to drink you know water, stay hydrated. Oh yeah, that, that, that a point that was a point that did come up because that is very important. And we mentioned like definitely um, know your limits because you can't really. Um, you can't really talk for a, an extended period of time if you're not used to talking for an extended period of time. So yeah, it'll definitely true. affect you. Especially if you're like Tobias and do, or like most of us really, and do like more than one panel at every con, like your voice is going to get tired, especially if you're doing like multiple hours of paneling in a row or just even multiple hours of paneling in a single day. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, after my two hour panel, on Sunday, I I finished the panel and then noticed I hadn't taken a single drink of water in that two hours, <laughs> uh, and I didn't get water until like after the panel panel. Yeah, she turned to me afterwards and was like, "Lunch, food, liquid." <laughs> now the only yeah. um the only good life hack that I took away from Disney uh was you should drink one bottle of water every hour. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the yeah. mouse says to do. Yeah, and you know, obey the mouse or die. What were the other other panels that you got up to, uh, Tobias? So I did a lot of my my old content. Like I I did the '90s panel again, and uh, that that got a lot of good feedback. Uh, the odds panel that I ran at Ichiban uh, had a, a you know a lot of people. In fact, all my panels pretty much filled up. I, I think maybe at worst case there was like eighty percent capacity, but even surrealism, you know, the two hour clip show. Usually by the second hour, people start filtering out, and it's just a couple of people left. But no, like this this time, it it stayed filled for the full two hours, and I was very pleasantly surprised with how surrealism and anime turned out. Uh, all all my dumb bad jokes landed. Everybody had a lot of fun. People were commenting even near the end. Uh, there was one point where I was showing a pop team epic clip, and some <laughs> Pupko and PPMe cosplayers walked in. Oh my god! <laughs> the whole the whole like audience like flipped out cause, like see what they're seeing on the screen is happening in real life. Uh, besides my old content, I had three new panels. Uh, this one, two of which you were on, Austin. So I hope you remember those. I do. Uh, the first one was uh, older anime for new fans, where we uh, I basically took a couple shows that I felt would resonate with newer sensibilities, and explained why that would be the case. So rather than just go through and list a bunch of weird Kawashiri, hyper-violent, you know, 80s OVAs, we mentioned, you know, and connected, uh, you know, the JoJo, the new JoJo show with that old, uh, that old aesthetic, like Megalobox, uh, connected with things like Serial Experiments Lane, 
uh, we mentioned Cowboy Bebop, Project Echo, and just a bunch of uh, a whole variety of of uh, older stuff. Uh, Saturday morning we did Beyond Miyazaki, anime creators you should know, which is just a kind of like a 101 or a 102 style panel about uh, you know important directors and people that are not Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. And that was that was a lot of fun, and people really enjoyed that as well. That that that. I was surprised for a 9:30 a.m. panel. That was also full. Me too. Yeah. That just that just wowed me. Yeah, a lot that yeah. people would uh, turn out for that at 9:30 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And uh, lastly, on Sunday, I did uh, uh, before Devilman Crybaby: The Wild Worlds of Science Saru, which is just another studio-style informative panel where I went over uh, Masaki Wasa and, and Science Saru's works. How much do you think um, including the title Devilman Crybaby in the name of your panel influenced the crowd that was there? So that's actually a funny story because when I, I, I for his more, uh, you know, for his more obscure stuff, I asked people, like, how many of you have seen it? Just so I get an idea. And when it got to, like, the Tatami Galaxy and Kaiba, we're looking at at least half or more of the room had seen oh, nice. Kaiba. And wow. that blew me. Yeah, I had not expected that at all. There were there were a lot of heavy Yuasa fans in there. You could just tell. And I was really, really surprised with that turnout. That's awesome. Um, I, you may not have gotten that specific, but did, did you get an idea of, like, how many people like, like may have seen it before or after Discotech officially put it out? Oh, nah, I didn't. I didn't ask that, unfortunately. Yeah, because that's that's what I would wonder. Like, because uh, honestly, I hadn't I hadn't had my finger on the pulse of that show at all um, until Discotech announced that they had it. And I know you you watched it like years ago. Yeah. Um, so I I mean it, it it got me introduced to it. So I don't know if that was the same for a large number of fans or if people that pay attention to Yuasa had just known about it all along. Yeah, so I, I've shown Kaiba a lot in my surrealism panel. It's, it's been there since day one. And I haven't really got a whole lot of response to that. People haven't seen it, so I don't know if, if I'm doing a good job and people are going to my panels and seeing stuff because I'm a, apparently a tastemaker or if people just pay attention <laughs> to a discotheque, apparently. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I'm either way, more Yuasa in theaters and doing stuff is a good thing in my book. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Mind Game is coming to Blu-ray in, in the very near future. Yep, uh, I did mention that. I think it's uh, August, I want to say, is the beginning of Blu-ray, and it did just hit Crunchyroll as well. Cool, and um, going back to the um, uh, old anime for newer fans panel, um, I really enjoyed being on that one. That was That was fun. Um, it was nice to show a, whole, a large group of people uh, Project Aiko, yeah. Uh, because that was out of all the ones that you'd picked and the ones that I had seen from that list, that was probably my personal favorite because I, I really like Project Echo and think it has it has a lot to uh, a, a lot of elements that can entertain even modern fans because it's very much a show that like references anime of its time, but the references have they're like they're so ingrained into anime culture like you don't need to have seen Captain Harlock to understand that something is a Harlock reference yeah. at the same time you don't even need to understand that it's an anime reference in Project Echo for it to be funny it's not entirely referential humor it's mostly mostly just like a goofy sitcom yeah. i mean that's, that's um, pretty much the clip that i showed where it's the the fist of the north star uh, yes, girl yes and the, the, like the contrast this 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 
bodybuilder style girl, you know, the rippling muscles and the whole like clothes ripping off, uh, you know, Hakuta no Ken style. But then like her, you know, her, her very feminine voice, uh, girlish voice pops up and it's just this contradiction that you don't really expect. It's it's pretty funny. It's pretty just timeless comedy. It is, and like um, C coach trying to play uh, like rock paper scissors with her, and she gets so upset. <laughs> just such a great clip, and I'm glad uh, glad people found that a lot uh, really entertaining. Uh, and I know you mentioned this during the panel, but man, I wish there was like a better looking version of that show available. Yeah, I can only find it really. I think I think it was off the Blu-ray, and even then, it's not a great transfer from the original film. No. Yeah, apparently, apparently, a lot of the elements of that have been lost, which which really sucks because it's a very well animated, uh, especially the first one is very well animated piece, and I, I hate that it doesn't really shine because the 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 master is so crappy. Um, yeah. Well, we are but, in the age uh, of remakes. Maybe it'll get remade in better quality animation. You know, I wouldn't really mind. And that like Project Echo could be something that that could be easily remade to fit like modern modern anime Project uh, Echo sensibility. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> See hey, after Devilman, awesome. after Devilman, the argument for like it'll lose the original style kind of like went out the window for me because I'm just like no, it will not if it is done properly because Devilman was done like this. Yes. Yeah, you just you just got to get somebody behind it that knows what they're doing and has a really good vision for it right and that doesn't copy the original manga like too much looking at you cutie honey universe but anyway um, <laughs> cutie honey is a <laughs> demon of its own <laughs> especially that live action movie but yeah and by demon i mean treasure <laughs> and project Ato live action Hell yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, no. <laughs> but um I guess uh Tobias, did you want to say anything more specific about any of your of your panels? Uh, those are all the new stuff. I have a bunch of old things, like I mentioned surrealism, which yeah, this is I would say my best iteration of giving it. Just everything worked out really well. Uh I did the Star Wars panel that I did at uh, Ichi and Triad oh, yeah. that came back and that that filled uh to capacity. Yeah, like about that, I wanna have a quick sidebar about your Star Wars panel. The planning staff did the dumbest thing ever regarding your panel. Oh, yeah. they. I, I was dressed up as Revan, by the way. So I was excited to go to the Star Wars shoot because I've never gone to a cosplay photo shoot because my cosplays have never been good enough to like actually warrant me taking the time to go out and meet people who are also cosplaying from whatever I am cosplaying. So... I went to the photo shoot around noon. Tobias's panel was at noon 30. And <laughs> everybody at the Star Wars panel, Will and I were shamelessly promoting Tobias, being like, hey guys, there's a Star Wars in Japan panel right after this, and you all should go to it. And like 20 of us did. And the room was already full by the time we got there. We're just like, really? You're not letting the Star Wars cosplayers into the Star Wars panel? Yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> well, we didn't know ahead of time because the photo shoots aren't organized. And I was like, guys really should be the ones organizing the photo shoots because it's less chaotic yeah. that way. Okay. First photo of shoots all. at conventions are always a fan run thing for the most part. Yeah. Yep. They're all fan run. And a lot of times there can be multiples because people don't. Talk. People don't coordinate. 
it it was just the worst coincidence ever and like will and i are both will i've seen the panel before and will was like i only saw half of it and i was like well yeah we can try to get in but i don't really think it's gonna happen so a lot of people missed out on it yeah, he, the the, uh, the panel staff came. One of the guys came up and like right when I started, like, "Hey, there's some uh, there's some like Sith Lords out there saying that they know you." <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> us. It, it took it took me a second to understand what was happening, because like, oh god, they're here to take me away. <laughs> oh god, but uh, <laughs> but no, like I I told him, yeah, like let him in. Like I I figured it was you guys, but you never came in, so I I, I we didn't come in because we took a look inside and we were like uh we're gonna be very uncomfortable because i was in yeah. very black and very heavy robes so yeah, that's true it it's just, just it just was that. not meant to be it yeah it's funny you mentioned the coincidence though because i always feel like especially panel schedules they always put similar things together for some reason yeah so, i'm just like i know that's that? strong yeah so sorry yeah it, okay. it, it was weird but and don't don't feel bad about it because similar something similar happened at Ichi. My Overwatch, my culture of Overwatch panel was oh, at yeah. one time, and then it was right as it ended, um, or like uh, there was a Overwatch photo shoot. So a ton of the Overwatch cosplayers, about ten minutes right. towards the end, all got up and left. <laughs> so it was. Right. I went right Eight. past the photo shoot, and they uh, everyone was like, "Oh, your panel was awesome. We wish we could have stayed longer." And I was like. Thanks, guys. Sorry. But the, the same thing happened with my OTS panel. At the same time that, that that was happening, there was a, like an anime retro 1998 thing going on that was Aww. pretty much mine as well. And I was, so I was running against that. And that one was in one of the larger rooms over in the 302 side of things. But even then, I still had a fairly full room. Yeah. I expected that to win out, went over because of the larger panel room they were given. But no, I still had a lot of people in mind. Yeah, you're not the only one who had that. Uh, as far as that, you know, we talked earlier about the, the there was like, what, the, the 2,000 less people, 2,000 yeah. fewer people there this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, most people kind of frame that as a negative. And maybe we talk more about uh, that subject a little bit. But I felt like in this year, it, it worked out because oh, yeah. it wasn't so much of an issue to push through people as it was last year and other years prior to this. But also, all my panels filled up, so it was kind of best of both worlds to me. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah panel that attendance was, that was, was kind of strange. Yeah, panel attendance. Yeah, panel attendance was incredibly impressive. So, like, thank you to anybody who's listening who like came out to our panels because I was like, I was really happy with both of my panels uh, this year, and that says a lot because I really did not want to do one of them. So, oh. I did. Um, I debuted my Japanese culture and video gaming panel, which I put so much time into, and I was really glad had a good turnout. And I actually ran into two of my friends from uh, NC State who I didn't know were going to be at the con, and they didn't know it was my panel. They just happened to walk in, and they're like, yeah, this sounds cool. And they were like, oh, crap, look who's on the stage. (laughs) (laughs) So I talked to them afterwards. Who's this clown? Yeah, they were just like, yeah, we had no idea this was yours, but good to see you. And um, so that, that was cool. But it went really well. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Do you want to real? Do you want to uh, real quick like do the brief rundown of like what games you talk about and how? Yeah, I connect it to like various themes of Japanese culture, like whether it be like 
historical culture or like actual life like everyday life so i talk about persona a lot because you can't talk about japanese culture without talking about persona um and i also talk about okami because of shintoism i talked about talked about muramasa the demon blade talked about a couple of tome games um there were there were about seven or eight games i mentioned and i did a whole section on anime games i just threw together a compilation of footage of games that i have and talked about how they influence like you know the fighting game uh scene because most anime games are fighting games and also i talked i talked about like a lot of shinto myths and then said like here's how like certain video games portrayed those myths and like granted they're not the myth verbatim but they have a lot of significance in them and so that panel was a lot of fun and i really was glad with how it turned out because the week before con crunch was bad i had no free time and any free time went to that panel so it turned out really well and i was happy about that and the other panel i did was the anime that saved anime again for like the seventh time and i always like doing that one in new crowds but i had applied for that before triad and then it got accepted after triad and when i got that acceptance email i was like crap i don't want to do this one again because (laughs) at triad i had like the worst crowd ever like it was just it was such chaos everybody was yelling this one guy dressed as dr stein or professor stein from uh, soul eater had to stand up and like tell them to show me some respect and i was like bless you sir but this is chaos and i don't want to be here anymore so when i I had to do that that panel i can see how that would like kind of sour you to wanting to do it yeah so i didn't want to do it in the first place but i was like whatever i already committed to doing it i'll get it done hopefully it'll be fun and it was at 9 30 at night and i was tired because i was helping you guys i was i was in black robes for most of the day and just i wanted to be done so badly but then uh i wound up doing it and i was really glad i did because god bless michael (laughs) our friend friend michael dino bless the dino he came to az in a inflatable white dino suit and not only did he do that he was volunteering in that suit there was literally a white dino with an with a yellow volunteer vest running around so if you saw him that was michael and i thought that was amazing so he came to my panel where did they even station him in that I don't know what he was doing, but he was just like, yeah, I did most of my volunteering in the dino suit. And I was like, all right, cool. Wow. <laughs> so, and he came out of that thing um, shortly before my panel and he was just wet because it was so yeah. humid in that thing. Oh, yeah, because uh, Sarah's panel was right before it. So he took a break. Yeah. And then for my panel, um, I like to play music before mine because one, it helps me do sound check, And two... I don't like talking to the audience, so just playing funny music either gets people to like sing up, sing along with it, or just laugh because I play Mimi crap. Um, yeah. And so Michael went up in the dino suit and started dancing to some of the music, and that was funny. <laughs> and so as I was going through the panel, just making sure all the videos were working, because I had like I also experienced the biggest issue with PowerPoint video that I've ever experienced, to where I had to do some absurd workaround. That worked like 75% as I wanted. And like it got, I got through the panels just fine, but like it was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I have to do some more tinkering with it. But it was also, I didn't know the setups. So that was part of it. Yeah. But I know better now. But so besides that, 
Um, I was going through the, the slides before I got started, and I just kind of had like a little inkling. And I told Michael, stand in the back of the room and do these three things that I'm going to tell you. So Sarah's sister was a Harley cosplayer, and she had a foam bat. So I told Michael, take the bat and just stand there with it in the back. <laughs> so, I, so I always give a disclaimer at the beginning of the panel, and I say, uh, these are my opinions. If you're going to get rowdy, I'm going to ask you to leave. And there's my security in the back. He was also my opening act. And Michael's just standing there in a white dinosaur suit, <laughs> slapping a bat on his hand. <laughs> so I'm like, just imagine how embarrassed you will be if you get dragged out of my panel by a white dinosaur. <laughs> and so Michael... Perfect. Is now our yeah. official uh, official honorary third impact security. Oh, he's been he's been official security since Ichi. Like I think I talked about <laughs> that on the podcast too. But um, now it he's was, on the payroll. Yeah, it was perfection too because I'm standing sitting right next to him with mm-hmm. Sarah, and we're just dying. We're just watching him just thud thud with the bat and <laughs> tiny little dino hands too. <laughs> Yeah. And then when I did the big reveal of that panel, he rushed the stage and I was like, oh no, my security's gone rogue. And like everybody, everybody just erupted when that happened. And I thought it went like, it went just as funny as I was hoping it to be. And then um, as I was getting to, I do a couple of charts in there and I realized like normally when I do panels, most of the time, except for AZ, because AZ is actually like, you know, smart with their setups. Most of the time, the projector points behind me. So I can normally just turn around and point to the screen. This time, the screen was to the front and side of me. So I couldn't see anything. So I was like, uh, okay, crap, what am I going to do? And I was showing a clip at the time. So I was like, um, I could just kind of make jokes and like arbitrarily point, but that's going to look like crap. So I was like, wait. Michael has a pointy stick. And hey. so I was just like, as I got to the slide, I didn't tell him about this because it was last minute, like literally right before the slide. So I, I was like, okay, Michael, get up here. You're going to do a thing for me. And he like walks up and I was like, point to things that I tell you to point to. So he was like arbitrarily pointing to what I roughly <laughs> told him to. And everybody was laughing. So even if like my data was wrong, they didn't notice because there was a dinosaur. <laughs> so... <laughs> It and was... that's and that's how you get people to believe anything you say. It's just have a funny dinosaur involved. Yeah, oh, and yeah. like that was actually Welcome to America 2018. <laughs> I kind of wonder like how many people thought that it was like originally supposed to be part of the act because it was the least scripted thing I've ever done, and it made it the best like run of that panel that I've ever done. So like by the end of it, I was really glad that I actually. Did it. And it will hint hey, you never, you never know what will happen to these things. <laughs> yeah. No, it was crazy, though. Like, I was really glad that I ran in the end because I was like, I had so much fun with this. Like, I knew the material a lot better than I ever had before as well. So I started, like, ad-libbing a bit more and made it, you know, kind of fresh for me. And the audience was very respectful this time. Nobody was, like, losing their mind. People obviously, like, you know, went along with the joke and then, you know, let it be. But whenever people asked me a question, it was like actually an intelligent question. And like most of them I had the answers to, which was which I always like because I like having a dialogue. And um, but yeah, so my panels went like great and I was really happy with them. So what about you, Marissa? Uh, well, I started out on Friday doing panels. I debuted, kind of <coughs> debuted my... Uh, 
uh, Culture of Overwatch Super Shimada Bros Edition. It was a narrowed down and expanded version of the Culture of Overwatch panel that I did at Ichiban Con. I had a lot of people that came up to me and they said it was really good. And someone even mentioned, they're like, you spent a ton of time on Genji and Hanzo, and you seem the most confident about that material. I decided I know a lot of uh, information about these two characters, and there's so much about it. Let's expand it. So, and the fact that AZ is a little more, a little stricter on the panels that they accept. They prefer things that are mostly Japanese culture related. So having a Overwatch world culture panel might not fall underneath their little nice umbrella that they have. So I was like, I'm going to narrow it down. And I was so happy with the turnout. Everyone was super receptive. I had a lot of fun with that panel. Only one problem. So this is my second time going to Animazement. And my second time doing panels with them. And I forgot one tiny detail. You have about a 30 minute gap between you and the last panel. While both Ichiban and Triad, you have no gap. So as soon as every as soon as it hits that time, you are in your seat, your panel is ready, and you go. You don't have yep. much time to even do anything. So I'm sitting there going, wait, I have 30 minutes and it's just awkward silence. And there's people in here and they're staring at me. Darn Time it. to break out the puns. I am not really good at small talk, as Ryan can attest to. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, shoot, what do I do? And then I was like, I look over at Ryan. I'm like, do I play the dragon short? And he's like, do it. I'm like, okay. So I bring it up. It's only eight minutes, and I still have like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm going to have like another awkward break afterwards. So I learned like next time for panel, like, conventions like Animazement and some other ones where you do actually have a bit of a time to actually play some music because uh, I have a playlist of Tokodongu music so I just kind of played that in the background which worked out really well but um, on the topic of my Tokodongu panel it was on Sunday and for two hours so applause to everyone that came out to that panel and sat through the entirety of it uh, it was, even though it was very small, there wasn't as many people in that one as I had, like, in the previous years. Uh, last year at AZU, I think I had either a Friday or a Saturday slot, and I filled up at least over half the room. This time I only had... You had about a quarter. 15, I had about 15 people in that room-ish, give or take. Eh. Not really. A handful of people left. You didn't see it. You were preoccupied playing your Switch or something. Yeah. Uh, but my Overwatch one was a, pretty much that entire room was filled. And oh, I was so happy that that turnout was really well. And I got to talk to a lot of other people about Overwatch stuff afterwards. So um, I think that's everything when it comes to paneling for AZ on my end. Off the top of your head, guys, do you guys recall? like how many the fewest amount of people you've ever had at a panel has been two two <laughs> uh-huh. i've actually i've actually had pretty good luck filling rooms especially considering it ichi i literally gorilla it and like managed to fill the small room even though it was like and literally last minute 
But you buy for that. Yes. <laughs> I, I think for me it was a Super Famicom, where there was one. I think the N sixty four panel I gave. I was waiting five minutes into the panel time for anybody who showed up at all. And then there was one person, and I think a couple other people eventually filtered in. But I was ready to go ahead and give a panel to an empty room. Famicon <laughs> is Famicon now. Yeah, the same true. thing happened to me at Famicon too. I had like seven people, I think, and for a good like twenty-five minutes of my time, I think only. Um, well, it wasn't even that. Well, yeah, maybe it was because it was an hour panel, but it was. Um, Edwin, Will, and Sully, and I was just sitting there having a conversation with them, and then finally people started showing up, and I was like, God, I guess I got to do this, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go with the I, guess, I guess for me, my my yeah, lowest basically. my lowest turnout, I want to say, was whenever I did my Gynax panel at 1 a.m. at at AWA. Oh no! Oh, and that was <laughs> that was such a disaster because like. I was using my old computer at the time, and apparently that room had been the malfunctioning all day long. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty sad. But and um, like every time I plugged in my HDMI cable to my laptop, my laptop just died. Yeah. Oh god. You know what? A lot of people, a lot of people actually ended up staying and watched your panel, even though it went well on into the night. That's true, and but by a lot, Tori means like. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good turnout for a one a.m. panel. That's true, yeah, and I started like twenty-five yeah, minutes late. Yeah, so, yeah. It, I, no, it really is. I'm I'm thankful to every single one of them. If yeah. if you're listening, I love you. Yeah, I only I would... had at Ichi this past year. Um, my token Rambu panel. I only had three people show up. Uh, one had to leave midway through, so I was only really talking to about two people. Uh, that was not including Sarah, who was in the audience. Mm -hmm. I don't count my friend, who I potentially forcibly dragged there. But yeah, two random people sat through my entire two-hour panel. And the... I think it was the biggest fan panelist room. I think I had panel room two. And there was no one there. I was like, Oof. great. Folks that come to a panel and stay, even though there's like no one in there, are the true heroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always feel awkward if I'm like the only person in a panel because I'm like, I really enjoy your topic, but like, I, I like, I get distracted, so I like to look at my phone occasionally, but I don't want you to think I'm being rude. I just have mad ADD. Yeah, yeah. well, then there's that, and they're literally directly talking to you. So then you yeah, start to feel uncomfortable because, <laughs> yeah, you can't break that eye contact. Otherwise, they think you're just a huge, like, jerk so as as the panelist you need to do the thing where like e even if you're doing a panel for like one person pretend the room is full anyway yeah yep. yeah or or just like literally have a chat with the person and just talk about your topic rather than like necessarily presenting your panel like you normally would Either that's way. probably what that's probably what i would do in that case just because it would make like so much more sense Rather than like pretend I could actually have a conversation, it would be different I, from your normal scheduled programming. I think I would just pretend my computer was broken. Like I would purposely <laughs> break my computer because the thought of speaking one on one with a stranger is like the greatest Horrifying. fear I have. Gotcha. <laughs> and speaking of uh, talking to strangers, I guess I'll talk about my panels real quick. Um, <laughs> So I did two panels. I did my uh, Shinichiro Watanabe panel, which I premiered at uh, TriadCon a couple months ago. And that went over really well. It was kind of awkward to do that, though, because like Shinichiro Watanabe himself was actually at Animazement as a real guest. 
and he was doing his own panels about his own work, which apparently there was an unfortunate mishap regarding Watson, one of Watanabe's panels, which I'll mention yeah. in a second. And um, so I, I did that panel, and that was a lot of fun. Um, basically, like, Tobias, you've got that thing where you talk about, like, oh, the kids haven't seen Bebop these days. Well, all the kids that had seen Bebop came to my panel, so I'm very grateful for them. Yeah. Um, and yep. uh, so that was good to see uh, that a lot of people uh, were there. And I did do a, like, I thought of it off the top of my head, um, like, as I was going through some of the shows. Um, and I started to ask the audience, um, like, um, were you first introduced to Watanabe through Cowboy Bebop? And, like, a lot of people will raise their hands. And then I was like, were you first introduced to Watanabe through Samurai Shampoo? And then, like, a few people raised their hands. And then the one that surprised me the most was, like, all right, how many people got introduced through to Watanabe through Space Dandy? And, like, five people raised their hands. And I'm like, all right, that's that's really cool. Like, people getting into stuff like Cowboy Bebop by way of Space Dandy um, really made me... That made me feel really good because it shows that, you know, people who would watch something that's still relatively new and relatively popular like Space Dandy would inspire them to, like, go back into the past and rewatch something like bebop that they didn't have any like pre-established attachment to so uh, right. that was very uh that was very encouraging that that made me feel really good and also, um, watanabe and he unfortunately did not come to my panel to well actually me which uh, i was really bummed about yeah i know we but joked we, about that but i was like secretly <laughs> hoping i was like that would honestly be like the greatest story ever that you would never be able to top yeah Man. you have to quit out of me I would. Yeah. I'd be able to retire with dignity. <laughs> Honestly, if, if I were you and like that happened to me, I would have never run that panel again because you could never have topped it. Yeah. <laughs> you also uh, also should have singled out the absolute hipsters in the crowd and asked who got into Watanabe through care and residence. So when you mentioned, you know, who all had been introduced to Watanabe's work through Macross Plus, I forgot the part where Harmony Gold busted out of nowhere out of the back and like offered you a lawsuit right there <laughs> sorry like, what that's not real that's robotech plus yeah. robotech plus and you know yeah you, um, you also forgot the point where like i awkwardly interrupted you with the, the next slide you were going to do what was the important <laughs> what was the important day that day austin oh frick it was watanabe's birthday yeah oh. so not only not only did you give a panel about his work while he was there it was his birthday that's true that was ridiculous. I made a slide where uh, I made a slide where uh, the uh, I gave him a little birthday hat and a birthday cake. And oh, yeah, you're right. That was what the guy that that was what the guy uh, well actually me about in, yeah. in more or that less was, words. Wait, that was me. Say? He said, uh, "Oh, yes." <laughs> that was I. Literally, <laughs> I thought you forgot, so I literally jumped in like Austin. You forgot, and you said, "Yeah, that's the next slide." Uh, <laughs> and here during it... the podcast, when it's important, you forget. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a creature of uh, many mistakes. Why haven't you learned this? You are definitely a creature, Austin. Yeah. Austin is flaw. <laughs> I, I need to write down all of my memories so that I don't forget them. I uh, completely <laughs> lost track of the fact that that guy was Tobias, and I was about to throw hands. I was like, "Who was mean to Austin?" <laughs> Nobody. It was not that he was. I mean, Tobias is mean to me get, normally. So I, get, I mean, it's, it's I, get, I get paid. New. I get paid to be mean to him, though. It's fine. That's true. He makes minimum. But, but uh, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. True. Um, but yeah, um, the Watanabe panel was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was, it was really cool that it was his birthday. And uh, I, I made sure to remind everyone to go, like, if they met him that weekend, to go tell him happy birthday. Even though when I met him, I totally blanked and forgot to tell him happy birthday. But I did tell him that he was my favorite director, and he told me, thank you. Did you tell him about the panel? <laughs> no, I didn't, because it was like a couple hours beforehand that I, that I actually met him. Why didn't you tell him? <laughs> Because I didn't want it to be awkward to be like, hey, I'm doing a panel where I'm literally just talking about you, and you're you, so you should come listen to somebody talk about you. He's, I didn't want to do that. That would be too weird. Yeah. There, there's, I mean, he already there's knows more everything subtle about ways. Yeah. There, there's true. more subtle ways, but I wanted so badly for him to well actually you at your panel, because that would have been just, like, so great. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I, I will make this promise. If I ever do that panel of animazement again and he's there, I will ask him next time. Honestly, Thank though, you. he is a man of very few words because the past couple years ago when I met him, he was barely speaking to anyone. He was just like, oh, your name? Okay. And then he would sign your thing and say thank you, and that was it. He's very gotcha. quiet. Yeah. And uh, apparently he's a very is a very humble man. So I have a lot of respect for for people that are very smart and very humble. Oh, yeah. that, that's that's my kind of person. That's They're the person smumble. I smumble. <laughs> that's the kind of person that I strive that I strive and fail to be. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did get him to sign my um, my art book from the Amazon exclusive Cowboy Bebop Blu-ray set. And um, but less impressive is my autograph. Uh, compared to Edwin's autograph, our, oh, our buddy God, Edwin, yeah. uh, oh, that no. is often at the same conventions we are. Um, yeah. So we've been joking for months, probably since uh, Ichiban Khan back in January about. I think that's fact, about. Yeah, about it's it's kind of been like an inside joke meme between some of us that like Edwin owns a copy of the Cowboy Bebop movie on UMD, and, and like the PSP movie discs and. We've been uh, joking that he should totally get it signed by Watanabe if he ever came back to Animazement. So lo and behold, you know, Watanabe was invited back to Animazement as a guest. And of course, Edwin did as he should have done, and what I greatly applauded him for, and got the man to sign his UMD PSP movie. <laughs> Making it probably is... the most expensive UMD PSP movie in existence. No doubt. Yeah, it was worthless, and now it is like worthful it is full yeah. of worth <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and it's it's pretty beautiful like if you guys want to see if you guys want to see what it looks like it's in our uh animazement facebook album on uh, our uh facebook page which is facebook.com slash third impact anime and you can go check it out there and give it a little like or Hashtag a little comment or whatever a little there angry react a little angry react if you want we'll we'll make sure to mail that directly to edwin yeah <laughs> um, print it out but uh and yeah. In terms of my other solo panel, I did, or actually, no, it wasn't a solo panel. I did it with uh, with Tobias. So we, I co-paneled on two of his panels, and he helped me uh, co-panel one of mine, which was um, sort of the the revamped, revamped version of my Gynax panel. Um, it was sort of, it was similar to the way that I presented it in, at um, TriadCon this past year, where it was basically just like a clip show where we sort of introduce each show and sort of give a little bit of a context and a little bit of information on the creators, but it's mostly just showing clips and Tobias and I like briefly discussing it. Uh, we did that 
and that was a lot of fun. I added in some uh, some new scenes and took out some other things. Still showed the entirety of Daikon 4, which is a good thing. As you I do. Got to always make sure to do that. Yep, that is an absolute essential. Even whenever um, I was uh, submitting for my panel, I think the Animazement uh, panel staff emailed me and Tobias on a thread that said, hey, I'm really excited for this panel. You guys showing Daikon 4? And I'm yeah. like, absolutely, friend. It would be a, <laughs> it would be a crime not to do so. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I, I felt like it was... Since I've since I've changed how I did that panel, which has probably been since Anime Week in Atlanta last year, um, because I think that experience just horrified me so much that I'm just like, I really got to rework this panel, even though it was probably fine. Um, this most recent time is the time that I felt most confident with it. And when that 30-minute gap time really saved us, because I think we went over by about 10 minutes or so, so I still yeah. need to, like, fine-tune and... Uh, and uh, maybe maybe cut out a couple things, or just suck it up into a two-hour panel. Which, with Tobias and I both up there, we can easily chat for two hours about Kynax. I mean, oh, we God, could. Yeah. I also think we could. Uh, I mean, I, I did, at AWA the last time I ran that, when I say like two years ago, I did the hour and a half slot. Mm-hmm. I I filled most of that. I I, I didn't go over, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's very possible to do an hour and a half. Another thing we could do is rather than just go over their entire filmography, just do their more obscure OVAs, like Money Wars yeah. and like Blazing Transfer Student, the things that there are people that are aware of, but not majority of people. Yeah, I have kind of wanted to do like um, like a panel that focuses more on like the obscure Gynax stuff and the Gynax stuff and the more recent Gynax stuff that's just bad, and uh, showing like their. They're uh, more interesting, like nooks and crannies throughout history that are worth checking out, and then show you like, and this is what Gynax is like now, and sort of seeing mm-hmm. like this is the fall from grace from the uh, the uh, the king of anime, which is uh, Tengen Topiker and Lagan. Which is all the good in. people from that went on to trigger. Exactly. We're just gonna go in and put on the two episodes of uh, uh, that they be uh, that that hamster show. I beat you. Oh god! Oh yeah, it's a masterpiece. I love that show. Like, ironically, oh just because it's it's so entertaining. Yeah, it is pretty fun. But uh, I guess that's I guess that's it for my panels. I definitely had a lot of fun uh, co-paneling with you, Tobias. Like, uh, just sort of being the the second talking head and helping you out on those was a lot of fun. And uh, getting to talk to people about uh, like uh, Sayo Yamamoto and uh, Kyoto oh. Animation and stuff like that. That's that's always that's always fun to do because I don't I don't like I really like those creators and like those studios and whatnot, but I don't really have a panel where I get to gush about them. So being able to do that in at least some part was was very nice. Exactly, and I kind of like I guess to wrap things up with the panels. Another thing that I realized with myself is I feel like with AZ this most recent one, I've kind of just changed mentalities where instead of stressing out about giving these pre-programmed presentations. I realize now, and maybe this is just part of doing podcast with you guys, it's come down to more of just a, just talk, talk for an hour. So I I don't know, like, I guess, I guess I've broken myself to the point where rather than being nervous about doing a pre-programmed, I guess, show, just, all right, I know the, I know the subject matter. I know what I'm going to say, just kind of have this casual conversation. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like something inside of me has changed, especially with AZ. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I feel more – I definitely feel more confident, but I think it's just because we've been doing a lot more programming lately. So I'm getting more used to it. Right. Definitely, and I think the, there's definitely a balance to that. Like, there's some panels that are more – well, I guess they don't have to be, but some panels that are set up to be more dry and more info-dumpy, but, like, a lot of your panels are – they're, like – they're like showcases of things and you sort of talk about things and in, in more of like a general sense because you're talking about so many things um so i think that a very conversational style works works quite well with the with the style of panels that you do totally all right well i guess if that wraps us wraps up talking about uh, our panels did anybody go to any either guest or fan panels that they particularly enjoyed? I did not have time this year, unfortunately, to go to any panels besides your guys's because I was just, I was so busy. And anytime I wanted to, I wound up doing something else with friends, like going to lunch or dinner. And yeah, but those, uh, that chicken and waffles st- place, that's, <sighs> that's pretty delicious. Totally. That was so good. Oh, that was yummy. Mm-hmm. So did anybody else go to one? I know Tobias, you and I went to the uh, 100 Years of Anime panel, and that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, they had their a lot of their animation staff, uh, Masu Ueda, Akitaro Daichi, uh, Kazushika Yusa, and a couple of the other ones that they don't have on the guest list uh, that I can easily skim off. But it, was no, the, it, was... Uh, it was the one gent who was like the curator at the like Tokyo uh, Akihabara like anime museum oh. or something like that. Yeah, no, that was cool. It was, it was, it was very casual too. They kind of just talked about the process, and they mentioned, like you said, that the anime museum that I keep mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. And uh, of course, you had Oeda dressed up in his char cosplay the entire weekend. Kind of. Oh made, yeah, that I thought that was just priceless. Yeah, that made my weekend. Yeah, he was he's, just a he's fun kind of guy. He's been coming to anime center for a long time. Yeah, it was fun. I I did get to see Elizabeth Maxwell also. She uh, signed my copy of. Um, Breath of the Wild, because she was uh, Urbosa and uh, Riju, the Gerudo nice. people. So that was really cool. I have one of the four champions down, which I really do want to get all of them to sign it eventually, because I love that game. Yeah. Oh, a... Speaking of that, I don't, I don't know if you, because I know, Ryan, you're on this mini crusade about this, um, and I want to go back to that particular panel that we were talking about in just a second. But, um, so, did you get the spiel that uh, Derek Stephen Prince is also the voice of Frieza. What? Yeah, that's what I said. So, <laughs> whenever I was in line for his autograph, I want to say Saturday afternoon, uh-huh. uh, he had um, he had Dragon Ball Super, um, uh, like uh, like autograph like posters or something like that, um, because he said that. Uh, Funimation has produced a dub for Dragon Ball Super that is specifically made for the uh, Southeast Asian market because they have a lot of uh, TV channels in Southeast Asia and like Singapore and whatnot that um, run anime in English. And it's it's been like that for decades. Like wow. this has always been that way for a very long time. Um and he voices Frieza in that particular dub because the because Funimation still does that dub, but it's a totally different cast. Interesting. I didn't know that. 
I'll have yeah, to, next time next time I'll have to add him to my collection of Frieza signatures. So who do you have so far? I have Linda Young, I have Little Karibo, and I have the Japanese voice actor whose name is escaping me. Ryusa and yeah. Pal. Who yeah, was him. again suspiciously absent from this year's animazement. Yeah, I have I have this little Frieza pop, and I talked about this last year, but I have this Frieza pop that I bought when I met Little Karibo because I loved him in Dragon Ball Z Abridged, and he was the voice of Frieza. So he signed that, and then I found out Linda Young and uh, Ryuji were coming to um, to AZ last year, and I was like, oh, I can add to this. So I had them sign two other sides of the box as well, and I have one side left that I was reserving for the super voice actor. But I heard that was kind of a lost cause because he never goes to cons, but if um, Derek Stephen Prince is a voice actor, I can probably track him down again at some point. Maybe so, and the uh, the gentleman that voices um, Frieza now is unfortunately going through a still he's going through a lot of uh, health problems. Yeah, um, he doesn't he doesn't make appearances. Yeah, like he's had some significant throat surgeries and whatnot. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name. He's he's Greg Ayers' brother, and he, his last name is also Ayers, but I can't remember. Chris Ayers, that's his name. Um, gotcha. He he. Uh, he frequently updates his uh, Twitter account with like how he's doing and stuff like that. So it's nice to keep up with him. It seems like he's doing better, but uh, but uh, always always keep him in your thoughts and whatnot. But uh, going back to that panel that we went to, um, Tobias, I I thought it was funny how uh, like a lot of the uh, a lot of the conversation <laughs> like in that panel was talking about the um, the 100 years of anime video that they showed at the very beginning. Right. Um, which I've watched like five times. Like it came out around like December of last year, and yep. it's just a like an amazing little video that shows you just how much like anime has, how much it's gone through like style changes, animation changes, and just so many different things throughout the decades since anime first started in 1917. And a lot of what the uh, the old timers on the panel were talking about was how like there's no Urusei Yatsura in this video, <laughs> <laughs> but then they also went into talking about like their particular processes and like working in the industry and what their challenges were, and it was just so fascinating. Like I didn't really have much of a personal connection to much of the any things that they had worked on, um, but just hearing them like hearing it like directly from people that have been working in the anime industry for decades and like getting their perspective on things and just hearing their thoughts on certain things and uh just them being able to like like to like even the even through translators just like talk to the room it was it was just really special and and really fun and uh i did manage to get a decent recording of that panel on my phone I got about 45 minutes of it, which is about the whole thing. And I'm thinking I'll probably upload it as like a bonus episode to um, the the podcast feed. So be looking out for that because it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty fun just to hear them sort of you know, sit up there and crack jokes and talk to each other about anime. It can be a bonus episode for our Patreon that we're about to launch. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, this episode is brought to to you by uh, MeUndies. <laughs> MeUndie aprons. <laughs> I'm going to uh, print out my postage with stamps.com while wearing my MeUndies and also uh, making a blue apron meal. And something, something <laughs> Vistaprint. Yeah. Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. So uh, any, other, any other panel stories that anybody has? 
panel uh, stories I now. <laughs> we did go to that um v- most violent anime scenes oh, panel yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we did go to that. That was pretty neat. That was it was violent. I, it, I forgot certainly. about it after we walked out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Certainly was. I was just yeah. so I was just so relieved that the panelists didn't show any rape scenes because oh, like same. I am so not about that. Yeah. Um but it was it was pretty wacky. They showed some like Mad Bull and like Gogo thirteen and um what else? Like some newer stuff like another and Corpse Party. Corpse Party. Uh Blood Sea. Blood Sea. Um Did they show anything from Higurashi? Because I was kinda surprised I don't that know. they did. I don't so. think yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Umineko, because there's that one scene where like everybody's guts are out on the table. <laughs> No, you're yep. thinking of Berserk. No, well, I mean, Berserk. Oh, and stuff with yeah. candy? Okay. Yeah, there's stuff with yeah. candy. I Yikes. love that episode. I want to give a shout out to Kurt, uh, aka the Great SG, that runs that, and uh, shows you Rock Heaven, uh, which I missed this year, but last year was a lot of fun. He just does a bunch of uh, like J Rock uh, music videos, mostly by like female led bands, and that's, that's pretty cool. That's so uh, he, he did a primer to like uh, Japanese pro wrestling. Which apparently was really fun, but I don't really do pro wrestling at all, so I didn't go. And he also does uh, what was it? The, his big flagship is uh, awesomely bad music video, Japanese music videos. Ooh. That I also had to miss this year because it was at the same time as Surrealism. But it's been a lot it's of been fun. On the schedule. Yeah, sorry not to interrupt you, but that's been on the schedule for a long time. Yep, he's. I think he said last year was his tenth year doing it. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, he 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 gets around. He gets around with the uh, the guy that does those con comics, the, like the con web comic that I the name escapes me now. Oh but, yeah, like, yeah. You you always see flyers for it, and he always cosplays as one of the guys from uh, MST3K and carries around the like the old Tom Servo. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I want to yeah. say that guy's name is Simon. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but yeah, he like they, they end up going to a bunch of cons in the area together, so I've yeah. seen them quite a lot. But uh, did you think... uh, did you want to talk about the animator supporters, Tobias? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think uh, in between after my own panels and stuff, I don't think I did a lot more fan panel content. Uh, just trying to do everything else, but we did jump into like you said the hundred years of anime. Uh, we didn't get to see much of the animator support group. I always miss them every year, and I feel bad. Because uh, I want to give them money, and we actually did give them money because they were selling these art books. So uh, I got one for myself and for my buddy. Uh, shout out to Simeon over in uh, Washington, hmm. uh, Seattle. Yeah, to- together we gave them uh, sixty bucks. So I mean, yeah. well, ninety bucks. So yeah, yeah, we give a lot of money. But uh, when we get to- when we did the hundred years of anime panel, we got there early, and they had a uh, Hitomi Korea was wrapping up one of her live drawings. And I posted the tweet that she shared that at, uh, on the article that I wrote, so you can get a uh, can catch a look at that. But that was kind of cool to see the, you know, her do the live drawing stuff. And uh, she did some uh, work on uh, Darling and the Franks, and at her uh, uh, at her uh, autograph session, well, the animator supporters autograph session on uh, Saturday, or maybe it was Friday, I can't remember. Um, they were doing like for the first like ten or so people that were coming through. Both her and uh, Kenichi Kutsuna, another um, animator support group member, 
were doing like autograph board drawings of various characters that they'd worked on. And she was doing like zero two and Ichigo. And he was doing, uh, I couldn't get a hugely great look at it, but I think he was doing characters from Madoka because I think he worked on one of the movies or something. Um, so that was really neat. I, I hate that I was like five or six people away from being able to get one. So cause that kind of sucked, but they, um, they still did like, cute little drawings like even as part of their normal autograph like she drew like a little chibi version of herself in the uh in the um art book that i bought which is the same one that you got tobias and um uh kenichi katsuna did a little drawing of uh chi from chi's sweet home because he's worked on that a lot lately and um then um jun sugawara who's sort of like the head of the whole operation um stamped the book with like this really nice like custom stamp for animazement 2018 and um, I think I've got pictures up on Facebook as well of that. So some pretty cute stuff. Um, <clears throat> there was one thing I wanted to mention, though. Like, we haven't talked about dealer's room really yet. I thought there was a very wide selection this year. And, like, I went on a personal crusade around April when they released the schedule and everything. And they were like, yeah, here's all the panels. And also, you could view the list of the dealers if you want to. And I looked just to see if Dan was going to be there. Our, um, our friend Dan, he owns uh, Lost Ark Video Games in Greensboro. Shout out. Um, he's a good boy. He is a good boy. And so I was looking, and I just happened to see this one dealer that I have a personal beef with, and I have had a personal beef with for, like, many, many years now. And they're called Jukebox Imports, and I highly recommend you never buy from them because 80% of their stuff generously bootleg. And either the guy is an idiot who doesn't know how to identify them, or he is, like, just a pathological liar. Because he told Edwin, myself, and Will three different stories about how their games are acquired and why they don't look like the official ones. He told me they refurbished the labels. I straight up looked at him with a straight face and said, why? Collectors don't want that. And he was just like, oh, well, people have said that they do. And I was like, no, they don't. And then um, I brought my screwdriver set with me. I have a set of screwdrivers that I use for uh, buying video games just to verify circuit boards and all that because I'm, I'm a really, really OCD collector. And um, so I asked him, I was like, yeah, this one doesn't look that right to me. Can I open it up and verify the circuit board? And he actually let me, which I was really surprised about. But then, wow. yeah. So I looked at him, and it had um, it had a flash cart, in it, which is, if you don't know, it is you can load a ROM onto it, and it's not a legitimate copy by any way, shape, or form. So I looked at him, and I said, yeah, this has a flash cart in there. He's like, yeah, it's legit, right? And I was like, no, this has a flash cart in here. <laughs> it, wait, 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 hold on, really. Like, it had, like, a little micro SD slot and stuff? Not exactly. It's like a... It's it would be very difficult to explain without going into an absurd yeah. amount of detail okay. right now. But That's suffice it to say, it was not real. And he did not either he was trying to play it off as I'm just pretending like I actually know what I'm talking about, or he had no idea what he was doing. Cause he just looks at me and he's like, Yeah, look at it. And I was like, Yes, look at it. It is not real. <laughs> and so he tries to play off. He's like, Oh my god, we get this from like Ontario or something. I was like, Yeah, try Singapore. And um, so it's a common typo, really. I know. And so he's like trying to play this off. Edwin goes and does the same thing because he knew I was like on a blitzkrieg against this guy because I despise people who sell like bootleg crap at full price. Um, 
especially with the prices he was charging. He was charging more than MSRP for fake games. And so I contacted the the um, dealer's room staff back in April about this. And I was like, yeah, I don't like this guy because of X, Y, and Z. And I phrased it a little bit, you know, more eloquently. But I spoke to them and they were just like, yeah, we have actually heard that about a few dealers before, but nobody ever actually comes up to us the day of and we can't do anything about it unless that happens. So here's our phone number. Call us or text us if you see this guy and verify that he has fake goods, and then we will do something about it. So I did, and I called them, went to talk to them. They were just like, yeah, we had people uh, go to him in like plain clothes, like they had staff and whatnot. And they were like, yeah, we're definitely not inviting him back this year, but... He has real stuff out now. We know he didn't before, but we can't peg him unless he sells it at the time. So they were like, yeah, just thank you for telling us. If you do actually buy something from him and it's fake, like, great, but we can't, like, prove it right now, but we're just, we're just not going to invite him back. And I was like, all right, well, at least you're doing that. So I felt yeah, moderately I that's successful. That's better than nothing. Yeah. I felt successful. And, like, there were a couple dealers selling, like, bootleg wall scrolls but they weren't selling them for full price so i was just like you know what one victory is enough for me right now <laughs> well i'm glad that the uh, staff was very um very like eager to work with you it seems yeah i was happy about that too they actually like seem to yeah. give a crap about whether or not their dealers are dealing proper goods yeah, because, like, you know, that stuff's going to get around. Like, if Animazement just sort of, in, like, or any con really just sort of indiscriminately accepts, like, vendors that people know are not, like, selling legit things, then, you know, that's that's going to reflect poorly back on the convention center at some point. Or yeah. back on the, the, con the, con, the convention yeah. itself, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Keep on, keep on being Deputy Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, Tobias, I'm still waiting on my badge, by the way. Oh, crap. I didn't make you that badge. No, you I forgot something. I knew I, I was promised. Something. I was promised a badge, so everybody in the comments, please comment bad Tobias, just so, you know, the message sinks in. Or what about badge, comma, Tobias? Okay, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just imply that Tobias is a bad boy who didn't give me, his ba give me the badge, yeah. and he needs to give me a badge. Yeah, yep. I gotta do that. I gotta do that for you to be though. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I had some pretty decent experiences in the dealer's room. I didn't buy a whole lot. I did buy um some pretty awesome stuff from uh, Otaku Joe, who's a a guy that goes like all around conventions and uh, mainly sells like Blu-rays and DVDs and figures and stuff. But what makes him unique is that he he actually goes like to Japan himself and like raids like Mandarake stores and like used places and gets some like really nice like vintage goods like vintage art books and laser discs and vinyl records and um i bought a few like single single records from him i bought one uh from urusei yatsura and one from uh captain harlock arcadia of my youth with some really nice art on there and uh so it's, it's really cool to own some like anime vinyl records and i bought a really nice um uh Yoshitaka Amano art book from uh, Angel's Egg. It's like all his concept art from uh, from that movie, and it's a really nice like hardcover book. Uh, Tori and I researched it, and it like it was in print in like 
the mid 80s and has been out of print like since then so it was a really nice piece to find um it was uh it was actually fairly cheap like it was only like 35 dollars or so and it's got some it's really big and hardcover and a really nice art book so i was really super glad to find that and uh i talked to ochaku joe for a little bit because uh there's a there's a facebook group that a lot of us are in called like vintage anime fans and uh, occasionally i'll see him post or comment on something he's always it's always got uh, neat things to say and like neat, cool like merchandise to talk about. And he runs a very active Facebook page, so uh, it's cool to to uh, to follow him and his uh, merch adventures, and then just to see him and uh, be able to talk to him in real life was was kind of neat. So it's always cool to see the internet come alive and all that. Yeah, that's has. always fun for sure. And then uh, my brother, <laughs> he only came for one day, but he was super. Super hyped to find a Yotsuba figure from uh, that wasn't Yotsuba. He found, uh, gosh, I can't remember what the character's name. Fuka, maybe, is her name? Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, that. Yeah, and he found a, a cool figure of her and was really hyped about it because Yotsuba is like his favorite thing ever, apart from breathing. <laughs> and, Yotsuba uh, and breathing. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad someone here has a good taste. Yeah, finally. And then uh, I picked up a couple things from Disco. Tech. I got um, the Little Norse Prince and um, a Lupin movie. So that's about all I bought. Did you buy anything, Tori? Um, I bought a t-shirt. I bought some stickers. Um, bought that really nice Devil Man print. And I, I feel... Which is in your stuff still, by the way. Oh, I, yeah. I give I everything to you to hold and then end up leaving it at your house forever. Um, Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there was something else, but I don't really remember. I think those were the only things I ended up buying. Anybody else buy anything cool? I bought uh, The Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya on Blu-ray, which I was very happy to be able to finally find. And I bought a volume of manga of Haruhi, and I bought Kirby's Kirby 64, which Marissa and I beat in three hours. What? Wow. Dang. Yep. Easy game, game. Great game. I love it. Oh, yeah. I still have not played that. You, you gotta. It is, not, it is not a big time commitment. I will tell you that. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of manga, which is kind of surprising because uh, I'm not usually one for buying a ton of manga series. But. Luckily, a lot of the dealers had them for like 20% off of uh, cover price, so it's like sold. I'm eventually going to buy these from the bookstore, so might as well do it now. And I got a really nice print of uh, Griffith from Berserk, and it's just so pretty. I think it's time that we all publicly make sure that everyone knows that Marissa is being put on blast for being a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) She says nice. It's, it, it's, it's, it is a nice print. But... It's a really nice piece of art. Like, art-wise, it's pretty. Because it just looks so nice. And you can tell, like, because he's staring, he, like, his helmet's kind of coming off. He's in his creepy armor. His do, you, demon do, armor. do you expect for that to be, do you, do you expect for that to be enough for me to redact my statement? <laughs> he is a jerk, but it's a wonderful print. Um, and, either and way, also grips um, up to nothing wrong. I commissioned I hate one you, of the Tobias, artists go away. I found on the first day wandering through Artist Alley, she actually had um, 
my audio's going. Okay, there. Sorry, yeah. I likes to go in and out. Um, she had a series of small prints with um, the four Robins, and she even had Tim, and I was super happy. So I got him, and I commissioned her to make me a Superboy one. And for those of you who want to know her name, it is Nicole Miller. It is not. It's spelled like Nicole, but with an M. So shout out to her. Oh, her commission was beautiful. It was wonderfully done. And I will eventually hang them on my wall. I have wall space to put them on. I need my own place. But uh, <laughs> yep, I think that's about my excursions on the dealer's room and artist alley. I didn't actually go as super crazy as I went last year buying like two new droids. So I guess just wrapping it up here, I guess there is one thing we want to talk about which is that animazement um is running into kind of a snag because it's starting to get a lot more uh competition um in its general time frame especially on the memorial day weekend um because also on the same weekend as animazement for the past i want to say maybe i don't know how long is how long has momocon been around I, I don't know exactly, but I it's think been a around while. a long time. Uh, I remember going about ten years ago, back when it was a free thing at uh, Georgia Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. But then it was vastly different than what it is now. Yeah, it seems like it's gone through some sort of like it, it large expansion within the last couple of years to sort of become like this big, mostly gaming convention. But it's it's. It's definitely like what you would call a catch-all con because they get a whole bunch of like, like American comic book artists and personalities. They get a lot of like movie people, like famous actors, and like they get a lot of anime stuff too. But it's like, it's like if you had to break it down into percentages, like Momocon would be like thirty percent anime. So it's really not an anime convention at all. Yeah, but it seems like that's been very attractive for a lot of the animazement um nor like the normal animazement attendees to go and like try and check out and i i definitely don't blame them for that but um but animazement definitely took a took a pretty substantial like crowd hit this year which obviously has its pros and cons but um you know it's it's just the fact of it like it's it's kind of unfortunate that two big fairly good cons are like stuck on the same weekend in the same part of the country. Yeah. AZ though, I will say they raised their prices this year, which turned off a lot of people and Momo was giving pretty much the same price and they were giving significantly more guests than AZ was. So I have to give them that. Uh, And um, I do, I I do have to follow that up with a question though, because like is MomoCon the same way as like regular comic conventions where they nickel and dime you for guest like interaction? I, I can't speak to that. I don't know. Okay, but, um, that, that would be the major caveat for me. Like, that would if be, they yeah. didn't do that, I would be like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Like, if I can go and meet this, like, if I can go and meet, like, Steve Bloom or something like that and not have to pay for an autograph at MomoCon, I'd be like, yeah, that's totally fine with me. But, um, like, yeah. I, I know that, like, anime convention culture and comic book convention culture are like night and day when it comes to that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. The other thing is, uh, speaking of nickel and diming, (laughs) the other thing that I've heard a lot on the internet is I can either afford to go to AZ or I can afford to go to Supercon. And Supercon is in July, 
and they do nickel and dime you, but they have insanely famous people who go there. That's so, true, and I guess it really just depends on what kind of a convention atmosphere you're looking for, and I totally get people not being able to go to, like, having to make that financial commitment to only pick one. Yeah. And um, there, defi- there definitely is that sort of idea of, like, well, I've been going to Animazement forever. It's time to check out something new, and I... I that's totally, kind of my totally mentality that. that's kind of my mentality like i want to take a break next year and go down to momo because my sister lives down there as well i know a bunch of people who are saying like let's make a trip out of it let's go down have a good weekend and also like um there's just a lot of internet personalities that i saw that i really want to meet because i followed them since their careers were like budding so i kind of feel a part of that in a way and also uh, on Supercon, like it's pretty much the same ticket entry for AZ for a four day pass, and it's like at least twenty dollars to get a signature from anybody there. And the voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, is going to be there, and I want to go so badly, but I can't justify that. It's so expensive. Yeah, uh, I just I don't I don't really know what the answer to that is. Like that's that's just kind of a tough bind to be in, and like with with the with the guests. Be- being so much more like quote unquote high profile like Comic Cons, like I don't see them backing down on this uh, like nickel and diming for autographs and and uh, pictures and all that stuff anytime soon. Well, the reason for that is they let the guests set their prices because if they don't, the guests won't come. So it's kind of yeah. like either you pay yeah. or they don't come in the first place. Yeah, I get that. I just wish that there was a way to do it where like the um, it, it probably just isn't is kind of impossible without a super duper high like ticket cost and the ramifications of like line crowdedness of like maybe the convention being able to offset those costs with maybe a higher ticket price but then again i'm sure there's like a, a huge element of crowd control that they have to maintain because like what if kevin conroy was doing free autographs and pictures like the, oh, the line would be insane oh yeah like to degree there there is a pro to like a lot of you know western fans not really knowing the names and faces of certain like japanese anime guests because they don't like they don't know who they are necessarily even though they might know their work so the the lines for their autographs are typically a lot more manageable right so i don't know it's yeah i feel like az like I, I want AZ to, to keep succeeding because it is my home con. It's been here for ages. It's a nonprofit, which is impressive. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, like, the only thing that they, they got to step it up a little bit if they do want to be able to, like, they got to they gotta entice us a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's also I, like, I did have fun this yeah. weekend, but I more so just had fun hanging out with people that I know, and I can do that anywhere. So, like, I wasn't really sold of, like, I had fun at AZ. I had fun with people. We just happened to be at AZ. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my two cents on it. Yeah, and I do... You bring up a good point about Animazement being non-profit because, I mean, I don't... I can't think of any other example of a convention that does that because most conventions are, like, they're... They just... They don't do it that way. Um, yeah, and animation is very, very heavily invested, and you can tell by their programming and their guest list in like spreading educational content about Japan to the 
uh, Southeast area. And that's kind of like their mission statement, if you will, even though they, they present as a mostly like anime Japanese cult, like Japanese pop culture convention. Right. So it'll be an interesting thing to monitor. It'll, um, and a lot of these things definitely vary like year to year, like, you know, and amazement had one of the first appearances of studio trigger in the United States back in 2014. But like, that's like, it's 2018. Now Like they got to keep, you know, they got to keep, you know, keep up in the ante every year and keep on. I know that can be really tough. Yeah, definitely. So that, that's our advice and amazement. Like we, we believe in you. We love you. We, we want you to live your best life. I think right. uh, I think to that degree, a uh, different guest would be a good idea as well. They kind of bring a lot of people back time and time again. And while Watanabe is pretty awesome, I saw him last year. And yeah, Frieza's voice actor came several years in a row. We've seen the Jackables time and time again. And again, those are all great shows. But are they really special guests if they're every, there every year? Let's get Mari Kondo. <laughs> Yeah, let's get whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do it. Yeah, the 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 Kanmari thing. Uh, yeah, just like anybody, just just bring somebody. Like I, I like the type of guests they bring in. I enjoyed seeing the animators this year, and they were really excited to be there. But I do feel like they're kind of samey year year, uh, you know, year from year. So, yeah, like excite me with some new with some new guests, with some new voice actors. Uh, totally. Bring back, bring back, bring back Trigger, or you know. Uh, you know, Mariama, or maybe not Mariama specifically, because he's been around, been to these things a lot, but, you know, like, bring bring new interesting people. Definitely. I, I think... Do uh, some more like, uh, do some more like those, um, like, kind of what they did with the Dragon Ball Z thing a couple years ago. Well, that was, like, five years ago at this point. Um, but do, like, like, big themed like, either celebrations of, like, anniversaries of particular movies or anime, just have some sort of unifying thing that can get people hyped behind something that's really popular or really, really like, well-remembered. Yeah, um, when I was looking at that one convention in Florida that I wasn't able to make, um, their guest lists every year were themed around a particular show. Mm-hmm. There was one year they had everybody from Evangelion, like, the English cast. Oh, nice. And then they I would had love if everybody they did from- that. Right, and then they had everybody from Bebop, the English cast, the year after that. And I don't remember for the um, years before, but it seemed like everything they did was um, themed around a show. Yeah. So, which is really cool. Like, for example, like, um, just tossing this out here, there, like, uh, 2018 is the 20th anniversary of Cowboy Bebop and Cardcaptor Sakura. Yeah. Like, they could do, like, a big... You know, anniversary Sakura thing about that herself yeah and that's <laughs> and that's another thing too like animazement seems really really just bad at advertising themselves and, oh, yeah. and i don't know why like they have so like they have a lot to offer like even if like you said tobias and we all kind of feel it like sometimes it can be a little samey but that doesn't mean it's bad and they should oh. like they should tell people all of the cool things that they have but their social media presence is not slim to none. It's yeah, it, it's very like matter of fact. They don't they don't follow up on posts. They don't follow up mm-hmm. on guests. But like the most successful like convention social media things I see are the cons that post like you know three or four times a week. You know for yeah. for months on end to really yeah. get people excited to come to their con. 
I think the largest the largest part of social media thing I see from my amazement is that Facebook group, which I've had muted for two years now. Oh, I don't yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I always it, look forward to the once a year where just something explodes. It, it's it's a beautiful nightmare. And I, I think yeah. if, if if the the most people interact with your event is through a Facebook group, that's that's not. I don't, I don't want to say it's poorly moderated, but it's just not related to the commission itself. The problem is, is that Whitney's there, but um, but they have not made her an admin, and they need to because yeah. it's not. It was not created yeah. by an amazement. It's a fan group. Yeah, and I, that's like the ninety percent of the interaction I get or would get had I not muted the group. You know, in the actual months between the events, and it's just a. It's not related. Because I've been to a couple different Facebook groups and seeing Twitter for different conventions, and they're they're nowhere near as uh, as off topic as that amazement group is. So it's just, uh. yeah, yeah. The on on the whole, like Facebook anime communities are not the greatest place. Do you want to no. be? Um, but then again, there there are some good groups out there, like uh, like Vintage Anime and Anime Collectors Galore, which I will sing the praises of to my deathbed because they are very well moderated. <laughs> Everyone should go and like the page Third Impact Anime and also follow them on Twitter because they're very yeah. quality content. From what, what I <laughs> know, yeah. they're not super problematic. No <laughs> Third Impact. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. We 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 well, try really we try and be really as boring and dull as possible. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, all right, guys. Well, I know everybody's getting kind of tired because we've all had long days in one way or another. So I guess that'll wrap up this episode unless anybody else has anything they'd like to add before we close. If you're going to complain about the paneling content at an anime convention, get off your booty and submit your own content. You have no excuses, children, to complain year after year after year that the paneling schedule sucks because that is something that you can take into your own hands and fix yourself. Yeah, Thank you, Tori Soapbox. I remember <laughs> last year, no, last year I, I posted on the AZ page the exact same thing and I said like, and on that note, I'm going to make three panels and submit them to AZ. And I did. Two of them got accepted, but I did it. You did it, Ryan, did and we, it. we thank you for, for sticking by your word. You're a good man. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I guess that does it for our episode about Animazement 2018. If we sounded a little meandery and sort of uh, like we're on drugs, it's because we, we are. are. Um, <laughs> the drug is life and being tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't do drugs, children. I mean, my please. drug of choice is plastic anime, girls. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. melt them down. They have a real good... Uh, Good uh, vapor. I I inject discotheque Blu-rays straight into my veins. <laughs> yeah. Like, or okay. or if you want to make it easy, just blame Steve Jobs. He's probably somehow responsible. Yeah. Probably. Follow up drug of choice. Obscure magical girl shows that no one has watched but me. <laughs> Legend of the Galactic Heroes is coming out on Blu-ray. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Marissa, where can people find you on the social media as well as Token Rambles podcast? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at News0Ica. And for Token Rambles, you can find us at Token Rambles on Twitter and Token Rambles podcast on Facebook and um, Podbean. Wow, I'm blanking. 
<laughs> and if you want to, if you're interested in anything Token Rambo related, but don't know how to get into it, uh, you can go ahead and join our own little Discord that we have at discord.me slash Token Rambles podcast and join us over there. And Brian, where can where can people watch you play video games or not talk to you on Twitter because you don't log in? Yeah, I kind of I don't use Twitter anymore because social media is a is a plague and I don't like it. Um, but I play video games on twitch.tv slash one RDM gamer. And um, Will, Edwin and I are working on a game show that has yet to be named, but we're going to be talking about like a topic per week or every two weeks or however frequently we actually get together and do things. That's like kind of to be determined, but we're really looking forward to debuting that. And it'll put to rest once and for all the rumors that Edwin is just a, a name that I use to make up stories. He is a very real <laughs> Like, Edwin is a very real person who is, like, the most interesting addition to cons that I've ever had. He's a character. Yep. Mm -hmm. Tobias, where can people chat you up about anime and read stuff that you write? You can just go to your local convention. I'm probably going to be there not shutting up about anime. But in the virtual space in the Wired, uh, I'm on Twitter as uh, Reverend underscore Tobias. Likewise on Facebook. Uh, it's just Reverend Tobias. Tori, where can people talk to you about Bang Dream? <laughs> if you want to put an anime figure inside of a human skull and shake it on every full moon of the month, that's um, the quickest way to get a hold of me. That's too much commitment for you. You can follow me on Twitter at WorstWaifu. And as for myself, if you want to hear me talk about uh, probably a lot of Kingdom Hearts-related stuff in anticipation of E3, and always uh, bad puns and stupid anime crap. You can follow me on Twitter at Bebop Shock. That's Bebop is in Cowboy Bebop and Shock is in Bioshock. And if you want to read some of the stuff that I write every now and again, uh, whenever I feel like it, uh, I, that will be on our website, which you can find at thirdimpactanime.wordpress.com. And that's where you can find our review index, where we have like a full list of all of the shows that we've done, all of the articles that we've written stuff on, and uh, all of that stuff there. And we've got a contact form if you ever want to send us an email or anything like that for any reason. If you have questions for us or want to you know, have us come, come out to your con and do some panels, uh, we'd love to do that for you. Just uh, drop us a line over at our website, or you can email us directly at thirdimpactanime at gmail.com and um, I guess that'll do it so I really appreciate all of you guys for being here tonight you're a great crowd to talk to as always and uh, I guess we'll see you in the next one goodbye goodbye no <laughs> <laughs> that'll do